This is episode 75 of the Reading Cove Book Club's podcast. We're always looking for great new members, so if you're a book lover who may be interested in joining an online book club, please visit our website at thereadingcove.com to learn more about the group. For February 2017, we're discussing Choral Society by Prue Lath. So hi, I'm Millennia in Florida. And I'm Roberta in Georgia. And Roberta and I are two members of the Reading Cove Book Club, and we are here to discuss our 195th Cove pick, which was chosen by Cove member Sally down under in Australia, Choral Society by Prue Lath. Let's dive right in. What did you think? It wasn't the perfect book, but I liked it a lot. I guess maybe I could relate to it more because these people were more mature, and I'm a little bit older than they are, but I could relate to them since they were more mature. It wasn't like something, you know, the past chiclet where there's a bunch of 20-something women or worrying. somethings yeah. Or 30-something or whatever worrying about these chiclet things. I, and I could relate to these people because they've, they've had different life experiences and gone through different things. Mm-hmm. And even if you hadn't gone through all of it, you could still see uh, where they are with their choices and their insecurities and but then they have the uh, the thing in common where they all get to know each other through this choral choral society, and of course since I love to sing, mm-hmm. I can to that part too. Yeah, so. I was thinking about you with the with the choir. <laughs> yeah, I, I, well, I've been singing for a long time, especially you know more in in recent years with a, a church choir and other groups there. So I I could understand that you know how they that could bring people together because singing just really does it it rela- it releases things on an emotional level and mm-hmm. it's good for your brain so you know these people are doing something good for themselves whether they were professional level singers or just you know or like trying- Joanne who couldn't yeah, hit a jo- note you're right well i think a lot of hers was more anxiety i mean mm-hmm. she may not have been you know solo grade singer but at the same time she could she could do okay. It's just that she had all these anxieties, and I think a lot of it related back to the the stuffy uh, choral teacher back when she was in she was school. A kid. Mm-hmm. When she was a kid, it sort of kind of traumatized her, and so I think if she was in front of a bunch of people after he'd been so harsh on her that she thought, well, you know, I better not do anything, or they'll see that you know something's wrong with me. Yeah, and she had this complex um, from childhood, and and what? Lucy and Rebecca, because it's the three women. I remember one of them was saying like, "Why is she? Why is this such a big deal to her? A lot of people, most people can't sing, you know." Right. And it's like, well, because she has this childhood hang-up about right. it. <laughs> She'd been, you know, scarred for life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Well, you know, a little. That's the bad thing. Lots, lots of times it could just be something someone else was thinking is little but it would be a a big deal to you because she'd had her heart set on being in this group she had something to prove yeah she had something to prove and you know it was like it it was better than some of these other things it was prestigious and it was you know set you apart one part you wanted to be upset with that choral teacher thinking well he just ruined this little girl's life but at the same time he had certain standards to uphold and you know he didn't mean to be mean or brusque but that was just what he had to do so Mm -hmm. 
and I don't think he realized the effect or cared that much about the effect. His whole thing was having this group really have prestige and meet expectations and, and do wonderful things in the school and the community. So, And she might have been the other one, but the, that kind of left a lasting impression where the other ones – you know, they just they just enjoyed singing, and especially they're saying that um, that Lucy had a, a really good voice. You know, she had, she's sort of multi-talented, and I like that. Originally, with Nelson, they were singing fairly easy song. He wasn't expecting them to learn whole cantatas or really deep music. They went with the, the more simple gospel and blues style music, which isn't as quite as hard to sing as other people. So I like the the different parts to that. Yeah, for what it was, um, I thought it was okay. I read that it's characterized as chick lit for middle-aged <laughs> women okay. or whatever, but I think it's just chick lit for anyone because yeah. um, they're just three women who are dealing with the issues that a lot of women their age deal with, aging, typical things. There wasn't really anything remarkable about it in the sense or unexpected, I guess. So it was just kind of, it was okay. It was, it was, it was okay. It was enjoyable. It it kind of mildly held my attention. There was, like I said, there wasn't really anything like that turned it into a page turner or anything like that. No, but I'm saying, but I, I like things, you know, with friendship books. And this was a little bit different from the usual, you know, people weren't getting together because someone was dying from horrible, some horrible disease, like some right. other. <laughs> or, or somebody, somebody already died and they said, you guys all got to get together to bury right. me and stuff. We read a book like that. <laughs> yes. But, I mean, they, they and, and it was nice that they formed a friendship you know the books a lot of these books especially about the mature ladies are more about friendship type books but and the then this unlikely trio finds find, uh, finds a common bond and forms a friendship because normally if they had just met each other in some other way i don't think they had much of anything in common and wouldn't have gotten to know each other better uh rebecca even though she was she was a piece of work. <laughs> Let's just say it. Rebecca was a slut. Yeah, yeah, but <laughs> she was yeah. the Blanche of the group, the Blanche Devereaux. <laughs> but she did have a good heart because you know she uh, took hold of Lucy and and got her a makeover and got her more confident, so a little bit more out of herself and able to do more more things and and sort of get out of herself because poor Lucy had faced kind of a double whammy first she loses her husband and then she loses her job you know basically she's feeling like a lot of times with the the uh like a lot of the middle-aged women she's just not you know that anymore relevant she's not young and pretty or whatever so even though she's very very talented but right. Rebecca gave her that needed boost to uh, see that she shouldn't worry about these other things and, and she sh- should try to be the best she could be, you know. Mm-hmm. So because when when they first get her the different clothes, it's like I could almost see her thinking, ooh, you know. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know I had this in me. Yeah. And then she was like, I think her husband's name was David. Yes. She was like, David, you don't know what you missed. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I said so. I mean that that was kind of neat to me that that they kind she kind of uh, brought her out and everything that even though she was a wild woman definitely I mean I don't know 
he figures somewhere along the line there's probably a name or something. She has some kind of mental issues, but she she has her own charm and everything too. Yeah, she's it, a bit of a hypochondriac. Well, yeah, there there's that too, but you know that she had a touch of it, like when right. when she lost track of the time and her watch stopped or whatever, and she freaked out and went to see the doctor. <laughs> yeah, well, I I think that you know she she was afraid because. Her mother and her grandmother had both developed dementia early on that mm-hmm. she almost turned obsessed and hypochondriac about that because she was afraid that was going to happen to her too. But mm-hmm. yeah, she kind of went a little bit overboard. There's people like that. So it's it's pretty realistic, I thought. Yeah. And Joanna with uh, her beau yes. and his daughter, that was her main conflict was that she fell in love with this man and his, he's a widow and his daughter doesn't like it. And then the position she's in with them and their company, right? she's basically the one in control and she's, you know, in the compromising position of loving the father, but having to say, you got to fire your daughter. <laughs> Because she cannot, you know, she's not a good CEO. She's running this company into the ground. At first you think maybe, well, with Caroline, that it's it's resentment towards um, Joanna. Because, yeah, that no, no matter how old you get, you just see so many cases of even more so grown children getting upset if the uh, parent gets even interested at all in, in somebody else. Mm-hmm. They just get a lot of resentment because they're thinking, well, how could you, you know? Yeah, but I'm not so sure. I didn't really think if Joanna had been just Sally Mae right. that he started dating, I'm not so sure the dynamic would have been the same. I don't think Caroline would have had quite the same issue. It was because right. she was representing the these investors right. and was well, basically in control of Green yeah. Farms or whatever the name of the company yeah. is. Well, well, sort of a, a double whammy because she resented her because her father started going out there, and then she rented, resented her because she was trying to change this company. Even yeah, but though that resentment was first because that right. they, she was there before she and Stuart got involved. That's she was that's, already strong arming them, and you know, like because I think the first meeting they had, it was like, okay, you got option A and option B, <laughs> and they were taking a vote on it, you know, with the board. So Caroline was already well, not yeah. into her. <laughs> And you can't blame her because even if what she's doing is not right, then it's your baby and you don't like somebody from the outside telling you, well, exactly. you know, you've got to do this or it's all lost. But it, the, you could see her resenting that. But then even later on with Caroline being really ugly with these other people, really uh, insulting and hurting these uh, other people that were important in the company. So for her, yeah, yeah, she was just frustrated about not being in control, right? And uh, yeah, she was taking it out on other people. But I just think her issue with Joanna was primarily that, right? And, and you know, had she been someone else and her father started dating, I don't think well, she would have had a problem with it. That's like, well, I agree. Yeah, I think if, she just heaped it on to the pile, you know, because right. it's like, yeah, I already don't like you, and now you're dating my dad. You need to stay clear. <laughs> you know, well, and you could, you know, it may not be right. You could see her feelings on that completely. Mm-hmm. But yeah, because it probably might have been not so bad. Like I said, if if Joanna had met him at some other kind of social function or whatever, you know. But unfortunately, see, Joanna was right, and um, you know she didn't want to accept that because she, she thought she knew better. But at the same time, they wouldn't have 
had somebody there if they didn't need some help. And, you know, Joanna was just laying on the line, you know, you can do this, but, or this, but if you do this, then the the money from the InnoVest, it's it's all gone. The author did have a an authentic character in Caroline because there's unfortunately people like that running around, maybe not at that high a level, but people that get into positions they really don't belong in. And Oh, yeah. When she was called out right. and told by her dad that, okay, this isn't working. We have to put somebody who can do the job in this role. And yeah. then she becomes very manipulative and pretends to kill herself and he gets all dramatic so she just became yeah. like spoiled brat then right and i'm not so sure i had expected that that from her you know her her father seemed like he'd oh of course he loved her mm-hmm. but it seemed like he had kind of coddled, coddled her, her yeah so now yeah. when he's trying to play tough love he gets this really drastic dramatic rebellious reaction right Sometimes people are a little bit overly dramatic, especially when they're spoiled. You, you definitely get that from spoiled kids. If you when once you if you don't train them right from the beginning, if you spoil them, that's the result of the spoiling. Now you're trying to eat it; it tastes nasty because right. it's spoiled. That's so right. they, you know, you try to put your foot down, and you're going to get a nasty reaction because they're used to you yeah. giving them their way. Oh yeah, yeah. So I... that's what happened there. And then it was nice to see her come round and, you know, she got this other job and she was able to apologize to Joanna. So that worked out. Yeah. So it it, it came out well in the end. But, you know, I I think sometimes people have to go through a a sort of a, you know, hit bottom and and have, you know, see things as they really are before they can have any. (laughs) It was I thought it was more like, you know, kind of like a sitcom wrap up, like all the problems get resolved in half an hour. But, you know, I, I, I like things to be, you know, some. And then what else? Um, Rebecca and Nelson, uh, you know, she was just, I, I liked her the least. And the, the other thing that I, that I noticed, I should say, is she seemed to be the most shallow. And it's interesting because, like, at the end, you know, she starts with the Botox and now she's going yeah. off to some, gets plastic surgery in some country. I forget Russia. where. Russia, Russia. <laughs> yes, some clinic in Russia, and I'm not, I don't like the way her story ended. I don't feel like she grew or evolved. No, not like not like the not others. like the other two. The others did, but with her, well, maybe that's maybe the author's just trying to show us that that's you know her life, like, yeah, <laughs> that's her life. That it's all about looking good and you know staying young. She was looking. very insecure. She because Joanna was also you know, looking for love. I mean, they're all, I guess, looking for love, except Lucy wasn't really, because she's still, you know, she's in mourning for her husband, and I don't think she was looking to fall for anybody. But she happens to find it. Joanna was looking, and Rebecca was really looking. She's always looking. Oh, yeah. I like that Joanna did not marry Stuart, that she decided, you know what? We don't need to get married. Let's see if this stands the test of time. She said something about, let's find that out before we blend our assets or something right. like that we, before we commingle our, our assets. <laughs> Let's yeah. see if, if we're still together in a couple of years. Right. Because and often what happens is people get married in that honeymoon phase, you know, when they're together six months, a year, and boom, <laughs> time wears it down. And it's like, man, if we had just waited another year, we probably would have never gotten married. Yeah, and, you know, and I, I could see that, especially at their their age. it was more, They were more like these people that would definitely have to have a – 
a prenup or, or something else just to protect them both of themselves. She really did love Stuart, but at the same time, she just didn't want to jump she into something. She the need to get married. Yeah, feel like she had to get married. She and, was happy he asked. Yeah. You know? yeah. I mean, that was, you know, very sweet and kind, and he'd been so good to her all along. And I guess because she had seen this kind of more boring, bickering marriage her parents had for years. And I didn't like that. I don't like her attitude towards her parents. Her parents yeah. lived in Australia. Yeah. That, I didn't like that about Joanna. I thought she was very well, flippant. Well she, well, she had left them behind and they left led a very rural, different sort of life and everything. Mm -hmm. So their life was so much different from hers. And, and, you know, she would have been, she would have been bored silly if she had tried to live that kind of life, you know, when she'd well, left she left it. She didn't need to, but she still could have been a little bit more in, involved, inclusive of right. them, with them. Uh, yeah. But she was very, like, almost as if they didn't exist. <laughs> it was like, oh, you know what? I'm in such a good mood today. I'll call my mom. <laughs> and it's like the first time she's calling in like forever. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, like you're doing her a favor. That's what I didn't like. Well, yeah, Very selfish. Tur turned her back on them. And, and then, you know, it's almost like you, uh, some of these people that become celebrities, they kind of are embarrassed by their, their families because their, their families are, are a much less classy and glamorous than they Yeah, but it's, it's also, it speaks to how shallow a person you are. Right. If that's all you, you're going to focus on and dismiss them because of that very thin layer, it's like you're not a very, you don't have much depth. And it that's doesn't speak true. well to her character in that sense right. because it's like all about her. Right. And she's completely dismissing her mother and father. Yeah, I said, well, of all the characters, I guess I like Lucy the best because she wasn't trying to, you know, put airs on. She wasn't trying to be glamorous that mm -hmm. you know, she had done well for herself because she really enjoyed, uh, you know, doing food ride her work and everything and I, I could see how she was devastated about losing this job that she really was good at just mm -hmm. because times had changed and and it but, was nice that that um, that guy Orlando kind of reaffirmed it for her, you know, right. when he says, hey, he said something about his mother yeah. getting her first cookbook. And, you know, she was surprised, like, oh, you're a fan. And he was a big fan. But she yeah. was so pissed that he got her job. That she just, <laughs> yeah, and, and he likes to get to be that age and you know, get to be in your 50s and people look at you differently and it's no matter if they say, of course, this is in the UK, but still anywhere, they say there's not supposed to be ageism, but there is. Of course. And and so I could see her being upset because the first thing is, is they've, you know, like they said, they've canned me, you know, they've tossed me out, but it was good that she was able to do other stuff and then went on to uh, teach classes and, and, you know, be able to relate to different people and, and find out that just because she was in her 50s, life wasn't over. She could still uh, make new friends and do new things. Get a makeover. Get a makeover, yes. So, you know, it, I liked her the best. Yeah, and, you know, she had her, her kids and her grandkids. Right. And I liked how, you know, she knew her daughter only wanted to see her so she could, you know, come over and babysit. <laughs> She's like, yeah, you, you want me to come so that you can go off and do what you want to do. And... Well, you know, but, but she loved her grandchildren. She did. But I like that part when the daughter she... wanted her to come and she was just like over it. She was like, <laughs> going anywhere. Like, 
she's not she's not fooling me. I know what this is exactly. About. And I'm and usually she would capitulate. She'd cave right. in. But th- that day she was just like, Mm-mm, well, I don't care if you're just, mad. <laughs> sometimes you just have to put your you know foot down that exactly. you don't want to just be taken for granted. Like oh well, you don't have as much to do, so you should be happy to babysit you know your grandchildren. But or just be at my beck and call. Right. So I mean, she had they had to understand that she still had a life of her own, and and she had the need to do different things. So like I said, I, I was glad that she loved them, but at the same time, she was willing to stand up for you know what was good for her too. Yeah. So any other thoughts? No, I'm I'm glad this got. Because as you said, it was it was a nice, um, easy to read pick, and it, it was um, relatable. And, and the the characters, even if you didn't like some things about them, that that it was interesting to um, get a look behind what was going on with their lives and how they had come to be the the way that they were. And so I I enjoyed it. I would uh, recommend this to people if they just wanted some light reading and you know something to. Um, that would uplift them. Yeah, I, I would recommend it for people who like light beach reads. I th- I just thought it was kind of long because there were some unnecessary descriptions describing the clothes and just a lot of details that kind of ran long. But and then when what's her name went to have her knee surgery, the fluid drained from her knee. It was like, <laughs> well, did we need all that? De- all those details? <laughs> a little a little TMI. A yeah. little TMI. But the author was just showing that she'd researched it. I, <laughs> and I, I didn't realize till I started looking a, a little bit. The author, you know, was a, a good cook and, her, and had cookbooks in her own right. So that was pretty cool that, you know, she knew from when she spoke about cooking. So And I was business, because I, I read that it just seems like she created these three women as three aspects of her own experience. For yeah, herself. yeah. yeah. So that's so, why they had such authenticity, because I did feel they were authentic right, characters. Right. Yeah, and I I think I liked Lucy best, too. I think she was the most likable character. Yes. The others, you know, just kind of had these drawbacks, you know, these selfish streaks or slutty streaks. Or <laughs> yeah, right. And then I was cracking up when Joanna kicked her out, when she was like, okay, you, she wrote her a note. She's like, you got to go. You're, you're yeah. screwing the 19-year-olds. <laughs> that, that's really ew. Like I said, I think this was another part that she was just trying to be in the age-defying mode. And she was just a deeply insecure woman, woman. and I really wished, or I was looking forward to that being addressed, and it really kind of never was. You know, at the end of the book, she's still very shallow, and there has really not grown or evolved at all. Yeah, because, I mean, there at the end, even the others are fussing at her about going off for this, you know, other plastic surgery they're just saying uh rebecca (laughs) okay she's gonna start with a whatever lift and then she was already doing botox so now she's gonna go get her bags done her neck and then she's gonna go back for a tummy i was just like like she could age thicken up a bit yes because i do think this book um is good for that discussion it does open up talk about aging gracefully and the issues that women deal with as they age you know the insecurity looking for love and all of that so yeah all right well the rest of the group i don't think we've heard from anyone yet no we'll start our discussion sometime today i think and we'll see what everyone thinks but overall not a bad pick good topics for discussion yes so that is our discussion of choral society by prue lathe 
thanks again for listening and for tuning in. And as always, leave us your comments below. Have you read this one? And what do you think? Stay tuned for next episode. We'll be discussing Mrs. Sinclair's Suitcase by Louise Walters. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you.